We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free, the first edition of 2021. Hopefully you are having a good start to your new year, and hopefully we can add to that tonight. We have returned, Ev, we're back. My co-host, Evan Chaney, you can follow him on Twitter at echaney69. He is of Numberball fame. Uh, I, I don't know what else I could possibly say uh, about you, other than it appears that you've moved. I have. I, I've moved from one room to the other. Nice. Nice. <laughs> There's no difference except I mean you TVs on yeah. a on a box. But that's yeah. all. I mean looks like maybe you're still in the process of moving. I see some boxes. Yeah, there's some things happening. We're renovating the other room, you know, because it's I like it. There's no more bunk bed. Yeah, I mean... The it's... bunk bed has been dismantled. Oh, that's that must have been a rough day for you. <laughs> it was. We just dismantled it Saturday. How do you feel so, about that? Well, I mean, it's part of the childhood going away, but, you know, I, I guess it's Do you feel like you're I... ready for that at 14, or...? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'll let you know in the coming weeks. We got, we got good old Rusty in the chat. What's up, fella? We're at, we're doing good. I'm I'm pumped. I was I I tweeted it out earlier. We have a little bit of a new uh, format. Like usual, we're not gonna do the whole like spiel. Uh, spend a lot of time talking about the course because 
wherever you, whatever else you listen to, whatever you read, you're going to see a ton of information about the course. Um, it's still being held uh, in the same place that it always is, as a par 73. Uh, and yeah, there's going to be plenty of scoring to go around uh, Kapalua for the Tournament of Champions. A little bit of a larger field than we are used to because they expanded it a bit um, because of all the missed events last year. So we have some names here that actually haven't been champions, despite it being called the <laughs> Tournament of Champions. Um, but false other, advertisement. Other than that, um, it, this is a good little uh, a good little appetizer to the season. Uh, we we talk about it a lot. No cut events are not necessarily my favorite, um, just because it you know it, you don't really have like the edge of picking like a six of six because everybody gets it and you really don't you can't really even like sweat anything right because even on sunday like the leaderboards change so much that um when with only 40 people like it's it's kind of a um not even worth checking until the last second so um with all of that being said it is very very exciting to have pga dfs back uh i am done with the grind of nfl personally <laughs> very over that well, we and, have uh, we have our two uh, our two three game slates coming up. Yeah, like I said, very over it. Yeah. Ready to get back. I I am gonna do do the uh, the playoff challenge over at FFPC, obviously. So, um, I will I, I will get some exposure that way. But I think I am pretty well set with uh, NFL DFS. Um, any anything you are particularly looking forward to this season? Uh, Ev, who's your who's your breakout uh, candidate? My breakout. I have one. <laughs> I have three guys that I'm still going to stake my brand into, and that won't change, right? Because Lucas Glover, always part of the brand. Yep. Ches Riavi, always part of the, always part of the brand. Obviously. And Nate Lashley will always have a special place in my heart just because of because of the three month run where <laughs> where I think Pat Mayo and I were the only people that ever ever wanted to give him the time of day. And just, just I appreciate real, Pat for that. A real good brand, uh considering that none of those aforementioned golfers are actually playing this week. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just the season in general. No, no, I did. Oh, I yeah. just oh, I just mean yeah. like it's funny oh, yeah. that the guys yeah. that you like didn't qualify for the tournament of champions. Well, obviously they don't qualify. I, I only root for underdogs. Fair. All right. And they That's are fine. the biggest of underdog stories. Yes. And yes, will like at least two of the three of them are probably going to continue uh, in that fashion. Um, all right. So we yeah. are going to, uh, we're going to actually change things up. Like I said, uh, we are going to start off, uh, each so each show with a draft. We're actually going to do a snake draft. Um, next week, we're going to have a guest. So it'll be a three-man next week, but we are going to go back and forth and just use this as a way to talk about some of our favorite plays. Um, and it's we also figured it's kind of a good way to, uh, you know, really look at how we want to build a roster, right? Because obviously most people want to start off with a DJ or a Justin Thomas, but where does that leave you through the rest of your lineup? Well, we're going to talk through uh, some of those different considerations that you're going to want to make um, each week. 
So let's uh, let's flip this coin here. I'll I'll let you do the honors. Would would you like uh, heads or tails? And well, then you get to pick what tails. Which, tails. Right. Tails never fails. Here we go. It is heads. So tails, tails did fail. Um, but I, I am still going to, I am still going to give you the honor uh, and let you pick first. You are just the grandest. Um, I can, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, once, why is this frozen? All right. <laughs> it just everything froze for I don't know. So I guess JT. Okay. Right, I think Justin Thomas will be my top guy here. I mean, I don't think there's a huge difference between DJ and Justin Thomas this week. I mean, they're both going to give you amazing strokes game numbers. You know, we don't we don't need to sit here and talk talk about you know how great they are. They're great, um, but I guess as far as just the whole lineup is concerned, I'd rather just have the extra three hundred dollars because that's going to matter when I'm going to build a lineup, and especially if I'm going to build a cash game lineup. I mean, it seems like everything's going to matter because there's not a ton of, like, great value. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think pricing is as soft as a, it's normally going to be, like, a major. Um, yeah, so, like, the tighter pricing. Um, I think statistically, if there's anything, I'd give JT, like, a huge edge over Justin Thomas over is, is the around the green game as of late, like heading into um, just this tournament, like the last month or two that they've played. That's the only thing I'd give Justin Thomas like a huge edge over, if at all, but I mean, you're, you're just pulling hairs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we, we sort of talk about this um, all the time, right? Like the, the guys at the very top, you're probably, um, you're probably better off just playing the ownership game. Uh, more so than trying to predict like the difference between the guy who's you know 95th percentile in the field and 99th percentile in the field because like golf is just random and we shouldn't really be uh too tied to our predictions about what they're going to do we should be playing more of the game um but obviously also right now we're drafting so that that also means that i cannot pick jt so i am going to actually go a little a little top heavy ish um but not go with dj i'm gonna go with shoffley and cantley as my two guys um i think realistically um like i don't think anybody would be particularly shocked if either of these guys uh won this week i think that the uh you're gonna need the winner for sure in any GPP for sure. You probably need, I would say five of your guys probably have to be in the top eight or so, honestly, this yeah. week. Um, you know, if you, if you're really going to win like a large field GPP, I think that's, that's the only way that you can do it. Um, and I think that this, the, these two guys have just a, a ton of win equity. Um, and you know, not, not to go like too narrative but like, young ish like still trying to fully break through sort of thing like it wouldn't shock me if dj is just on vacation this week like that's that's certainly possible so um regardless of that i think xander and cantlay are close enough uh that i'd rather have you know both of them 
in my lineup than have to go DJ and then like dip into the 8K range. So that's uh, those are my first my first two shots here. Okay. All right. Um. All right. So if you're going to get you're going to give me the next two picks. I think I want to say Patrick Reed as my next guy, only because yeah. I think he, in that price range, so when you're getting up to like the upper upper nines, mid nines, um, I don't think there's a ton in terms of like guys I get excited for, but like the putting, the putting with Patrick Reed has been quite decent actually right before the break. Um, so I like that. And I just, I, I just feel like he should be a 10K golfer in this field. Um, you know, just because of the talent. I, and what, he's like 11th strokes gain total heading into this thing among the field. The short game is on point, And he's been doing fairly well relative to all these other guys in the, in the higher, in the higher up, like the higher uh, 9K range. So I'll, I'll go Patrick Reed. Um I also want to say Harris English seems really cheap. Not really cheap, but I, 87 also seems cheap for him there. Um, also coming into this one, has some of the stronger short game in this field in general. I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be critical. Um, and then the tee to green game. The tee to green game overall has just been very solid, especially relative to this field. So... I'll I'll take I'll take Reed in uh, English. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm showing on the stream right now. We have uh, the range of outcomes app, and in uh, in this week, Harris English definitely popped, and I'm gonna gonna be talking about him for one of the uh, one of the bets later on. So um, definitely like that pick. I think that uh, you know we both we both have some some deeper uh, deeper decisions to make. Uh, coming up here so yeah. it'll be interesting to see who uh who you like as as value um i'm gonna go ahead and i am going to put in ryan palmer for a little bit of savings um i wrote him he's up. actually a value i really like so that's a good pick yeah i wrote him up this week uh he in the in the simulator he popped up in over 15 percent of the optimal lineups and he was one of only four golfers uh, under 7,500 to do that. So uh, perfectly, perfectly happy to lock him in. And now this, this is the the tricky part of the draft, right? Because I think theoretically I could probably wait on another cheap guy, and I probably want to lock in uh, somebody more in the mid tier. Um, but I'm curious to see what I'll have left if I do that. Yeah, I'll do that. So I'm going to go with Cam Smith uh, at 8,400. He's a guy who just played really well um, at the Masters. Not that we're like, oh, you know, that was last week or anything, but um, he's definitely uh, pretty close to taking that leap into uh, one, of the, uh, one of the better golfers, I think, in... Uh, that's going to show up in most fields. And he's sort of approaching a point right now that um, over the last, 
hundred rounds or so, he's not even at his ceiling uh, from where he's, you know, like the lowest point that he's been in power ranking. So uh, even if he isn't really truly making that leap, I still think he has some ceiling to go. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to lock him in. And uh, I have, let's see, I have 7,400 left for each spot. So this will be, I'm, I'm hoping you don't snipe me here. Well, I mean, no, just based on the lineup I have left, I mean, I'm pretty much forced into picking, like, one of the mid-tier and then two cheapies. Yeah. Um, but I think I have some cheapies that I have, um, I'm somewhat okay with at this point. Um, yeah, so my mid-tier guy is going to be Daniel Berger um, that I'm going to lock in here. Only because I'm kind of banking on his... Uh, pre his more like the just the like the uh, the pre fall swing form that we saw from yeah. him because he didn't do great from BMW on I'll you know I'll admit but he had this insanely good run yeah. from just before COVID shut everything down up until even Northern Trust where it was like I mean, he missed he missed the cut at Memorial but like what. Ninth at Waste Management, fifth at AT&T Pro-Am, fourth at the Honda, won the Charles Schwab, right? I mean, he just, he was on a tear for a while. Yeah. And a lot of it was just an insanely good T-degree game, T-degree game. Um, and a lot of these performances were also driven by, like, what probably could be improved putting. Um, I will say that, you know, we, we talk about putting being this inconsistent variable all the time, and I get that. Um but some of these tournaments where he put up great putting numbers, like he had a very had a very good run of putting, yeah. um, you know, in that stretch. So I'll take Daniel Berger, and then I think the other guy I really like, not really like, but the, my first kind of cheapy is Richard Rensky. I like is it. someone who I like. Um, admittedly, some of this inspiration comes from. Uh, some of you may know him on Twitter, uh, Mr. Wilson. Uh, sometimes his controversial life takes, but <laughs> does have does have some strong gambling takes. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, and his he's been pretty high actually on Twitter, talking about rostering a lot of him, a lot of Rensky uh, when he's when he's popped up in these tournaments, and I can see why. I mean, he's had some performances where he's either actually performing like he did at the 3M uh, where he came in third or something that showed some promise, but he didn't finish off like at the BMW or even the CJ cup. If you want to look into the fall swing, um, you know, so, and, and even at the Honda, you know, right before, right before COVID shut things down, he, you know, 17th, right. So he's shown these flashes of some decent performances, mainly based on his approach game. And that can that can work here, especially if you're going to give me six thousand for him. What I mean, that's min price, right? So, you know, some some of this some of these leading form stats for a guy who's min price, I really like that. So, I'm going to go Rensky. Yeah, for sure. I like I like that pick a lot. I <clears throat> he has one of uh, one of my favorite head to heads this week uh, against Brian Gay. He is or was at least minus 120 against Brian Gay, which I think is a 
a decent chunk of value. Uh, personally, again, these these no cut events you can uh, run into some issues with with head to heads where you know one one good really good or one really bad round kind of just makes the whole week. But uh, yeah, I think I think Wierenski is is a is a very good pick. Um, my next guy is Mackenzie Hughes. He is 6,800. He's sort of the same, all the same things um, that I said about Ryan Palmer. I would say the same about Mackenzie Hughes. He's another one of those four guys that I mentioned earlier that uh, popped in a bunch of the optimal lineups when I ran the simulator. And uh, again, 6,800 is, it really frees you up this week, right? Like right now I have, I have 8K left. With and I have a, a $9,800 golfer and a 10 k golfer, right? So that's that sort of uh, any anybody who you feel like you can trust at 6,800 is valuable on any week, but especially in a smaller field like this, somebody that can differentiate, I think, is uh, going to be going to be super valuable. And I am going to uh, close out with uh, with zero dollars left and go with. Good old honest Abe, little Abraham answer there. 8K, um, another guy who I feel like he played well. Uh, I think it was, I want to say the uh, the event in Mexico. He was top 15. He finished top 15 at the Masters, uh, and you know he's he's just a, a, a solid all around golfer where you can kind of get. Uh, like you can get the really good ball striking, you can get the really good putting, you can get the great short game. He's good off the tee, uh, and when he puts all of that together, uh, I think he's one of the more talented golfers in the world. I wish that I had eighty two hundred uh, for Eam, but I don't. So it's answer. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. So my last guy. Uh, this might be the one that I. That I'm probably. This is going to be the one that kicks me in the ass, and you know what? What probably uh, helps me lose this one, but yeah, man, this what is do my you, shot. What do you have left? I have sixty four hundred, and the guy that I want fits that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of left yourself with not many options then at that point. <laughs> well, thank God I got my great top tier and mid tier guys. Yeah, you know, I, no, I, I, sure. I reach early. Yeah, so. Let's talk about Martin Laird. And I know, right? This is these are the these are the stabs I like to take. Now his his pathway into qualifying into this thing was like beating up on a you know, having one lucky week at the Shriners against, you know, probably guys like me. Um Yeah, it sounds about that looks about right for his range of outcomes. Um <laughs> And some of these numbers might be just because of some of these fields he's played in. Because if we look at his last year of playing, you know, he's played uh, the Genesis, the uh, Waste Management, but then he plays like the Puerto Rico Open, right. um, Safeway, uh, Punta Cana, Sanderson, right? I mean, he's playing some of these kind of B-tier events, let's say, to when majors are playing. Yep. Um, but he, when he does play in these smaller field or not smaller, but lesser quality fields, he actually does tend to perform well. And we can see that in how he ranks up, 
with some of his numbers because per on a per round basis in his last 24 rounds he's gaining you know almost half a stroke on the field on approach uh 0.70 to green and 0.6 on his ball striking so i mean he's playing decent like he's playing even better than decent actually he's playing very well against these lesser quality fields which you know what is that you know what does that mean against the field like this well you know we're not going to expect a top 10 from him but can he backdoor a top 20 i think it's worth the risk at least in the gpp to say that he can yeah i mean look you're you have to you have to take this into uh you know the larger picture right like your lineup having really being anchored by your top four guys like you're gonna have to make a decision that's probably a little bit gross like you can't you can't play jt reed Berger, and english and expect to you know fit in like rom and bryson after that like that's just that's not how any of this works so yeah um i i think that it i think it's fine i think you like you said i think you probably just want him to finish in the top half um, and you would, I think you would gladly pencil that in considering who else you put into your lineup. So I, I don't, I don't hate it. it. He's not somebody that's necessarily in my like general player pool. Um, but I think that, you know, that you can take a couple of stabs that are going to be low owned here and, and feel okay about it. Um, don't also, do this in cash. That's all yeah. I can tell. Oh, yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, it, it's worth noting that the, the lineups that we're putting together right now um, are a little bit manufactured from the from the standpoint of, like, I can't pick a guy that Evan just picked. So even if I wanted to uh, typically include, you know, I, I think I would probably want uh, Berger. I think you could easily swap Berger and Smith. They're only a couple hundred dollars apart, right? Um so I think that you like you could put both of them in the same lineup and feel pretty good about it. It's just you know it's just a different way for us to show uh, a couple of different roster constructions and not just go through the same like droning um, you know like here's the 10k guys here are the 9k guys here are the 8k guys like there's a little more strategy to it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, I maybe I'll. Maybe I'll screenshot the lineups and we could do a we could do a poll um, to see which uh, which team we liked, which team the the, the folks like better. Um, I think it's pretty. Close. I like to see those results. Yeah, I, I honestly yeah. I think it's pretty close. I don't um, I don't think that there's. I think it really depends on how you feel about JT and Reed versus Shoffley and Cantlay. Like that's that's pretty much the like what people will will probably base it on. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was cool. We will we will definitely keep that up before we jump into the uh, some of our favorite bets for the week. I want to tell you guys about our uh, presenting sponsors. We have we're a part of the Blue Wire Network, and they are starting something called the Blue Wire Hustle, which is a brand new program where you can host your own podcast through Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personalized cover art, 
Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, they will help you get the show pushed out. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all of those listening platforms uh, will your show will appear on. Uh, the best part is you can get all of that for only $15 a month, which is the same rate that other places will charge you to host your site and give you no help. So uh, whether you're starting off from scratch, whether you have a show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is going to be limited to start, so make sure you get your application in today. If you want to apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box from this episode for more information and the link hello folks colin kelly here from rotoviz overtime a podcast i host along with sean siegel and in just a little moment we'll jump straight into the podcast before we do so i want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener you can save yourself 10 percent of a rotoviz nfl pass right now on the rotoviz.com website gives you access to all of our content and tools all you have to do is add the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information and of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. Like I said, we are we're going into uncharted territory here uh, and just wanted to bat around a couple of interesting bets and... Uh, see, see each of our thoughts on it. Um, so the first thing that I was looking at that jumped out to me was Hudson Swafford versus uh, Landry. I saw him at plus one thirteen, um, and the well, I won't tell, I won't tell you what the simulator said. What, what, what do you? Which side would you sort of uh, lean to on that? Yeah, I mean, these are the these are the tough questions. Um, I guess I'd slightly go toward Andrew Landry. Um, the approach and the ball striking have been significantly better on Andrew Landry's side of things. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at everything from it. If I'm if I'm betting if I'm betting head to head, I'm going Landry. Although I do want odds. Yeah, so he was. Uh, Swafford was plus one thirteen, so that would put um, that would put Landry like in the minus one fifteen ish range. Oh, at, that, at minus one fifteen, yeah, I'll take Landry okay. for sure. I'm a, I'm on the opposite side, so of um, course the <laughs> the the sim made him. Uh, minus one thirty-five, so I uh, that's a that's a pretty a pretty significant edge uh, yeah. for me. But um, like I said, this is we're talking about a no cut event, and again, one one good round or one blow up round for me or these guys, and it pretty much decides the <laughs> the head to head anyway. Yeah, really. Um, another one that I was uh, looking at was. Abraham Answer versus Cam Champ. We have Answer at minus one ten. There is that what your model prefers? Answer. 
Um, well, yes. Okay. So, I mean, I might... Oh, sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, answer actually moved to minus 118, and champ is minus 102 right now. Yeah, I'd rather take game champ, honestly. Um, I, again, just... <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I'm glad we can disagree on every headline. <laughs> maybe the, maybe, maybe the, the best part of the snake draft was that we weren't going to conflict at all. Because we just, <laughs> maybe that's the beauty of it. No, this is fine. This is good. Yeah, I the the ball striking is better on with Champ. The off the tee game is better with Cam Champ, in my opinion, and the approach game is better with Cam Champ. Um, the only place I, I mean, if we were talking about fantasy. Answer might be the better DraftKings scorer, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of like the overall tournament, Cam Champ seems like the better bet. Especially if you're going to give me close to even money on that. Yeah. What I, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I make Answer minus 140. Um, okay. I, I think that um, I'm just pulling it up now to see what their raw, um, the raw power ranking scores are for the two of them. So answer is about a quarter stroke uh, per round better than an average golfer, and I have champ at let's see about three tenths of a stroke worse than the average golfer. So I have him by like a half a stroke answer like a half stroke advantage per round um compared to compared to champ now if you oh. if you look at their up here we have uh champ's sort of trending power ranking he he hit this peak about 24 rounds ago which is essentially the lowest that uh the lowest power ranking that he's ever had but he's sort of has come back to this like just tour average, maybe slightly above tour average uh, golfer. Whereas answer we have um, definitely seems like he declined over the past 50 rounds or so. But even even then, like we're looking at, you know, 0.6, like 0.6 to 0.7 strokes better uh, than champ. So, I mean, it really depends on how heavily you want to weight these these last 24 rounds because Champ definitely had some solid finishes. Um, but I do think that answer, just overall, like I would rather bet on answer, like I said, when I... Answer's when the I better golfer them. overall, like obviously. But I just think in the context of this tournament, and again, the odds, you know, who who's involved here... Just to me, Champ might be the better bet in my mind. But, again, I think it might be very close. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where, um, you know, we're we're really, uh, we're basically betting on who's going to have the lower, the lowest round of the four rounds. And yeah. Champ for sure has a ceiling that would make him compete with just about anybody. Um, but 
oh, if we ran this tournament a hundred times, I don't think uh, I don't think he gets the best of answer too too often, just because he has he has eighty twos in him. You know what I mean? Like he he yeah. has these blow up rounds, um, and yeah, I guess like I said, I guess we'll we'll see. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we disagreed there. Um, the a, a top five that jumped out to me. Um, let's see. I had I had Harris English uh, at plus four hundred three from the sim, and uh, you can get him at uh, DK right now for plus five fifty. So that's a pretty that's a pretty decent edge, um, in my opinion. Actually, he might have dropped to five hundred at a couple of places, but uh, in that range, I think even if you even if you're seeing plus five hundred, I think that that's that that's totally fine. And I'm imagining that you like Harris English because you just drafted him. So yeah, uh, full, full agree there. We're, we're back. Yeah. That, I, I think, I think we could actually agree on that one. So cheers to that. <laughs> um, any, any, uh, anything that jumped out? I have, I have a question on it for you. I, I don't remember this off the top of my head, but what is Jason Kokrak's top 10? Odds. Kokrak for a top ten is or plus four hundred right now. Plus four. What about top five? Top five. You're looking at plus nine hundred. Okay. I'm I'm kind of tempted to say nine to one on Kokrak to get in there. I mean, he's looked pretty sharp as well. Probably, you know, if we're going to talk about recent rounds played by everyone, I think we can even say he's a top five putter in this field right. you know so if if it comes down to putting then you know i'm willing to say kokrak and nine to one is a good top five bet um, yeah and we yeah. know we know that he can take advantage of par fives as well and there's five par fives at this course um so i definitely i definitely like that as well yeah i'm trying to think because i i mean there's thoughts for bets that i have Maybe even a Carlos Ortiz top 10? Ortiz for mm. a top 10 is plus 550. Plus 550? Oh, fair enough. I don't know. Carlos Ortiz top 10, what do you think? Because I also I really like his around the green game as of late. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, I he's definitely played well. He's another one of those golfers uh, under 7,500 that I mentioned earlier that popped up in the optimal quite a bit um i'll show it on the stream here that this is what i have for his range of outcomes obviously it's uh it's a wide range of outcomes um but there's there's definitely there's definitely some area under there uh in that in that top five top ten range that would make you that would make you feel pretty comfortable doing that i'm gonna see i have I make him for a top 10. Yeah, about plus 350 or so. So that's that's definitely some value there. Uh he's he's at 550 right now. So definitely definitely some value there. Okay. I mean, those are the two biggest value spots unless I mean, we even want to go. What about I I mean, the one the the last bet I would have and this is kind of a stretch. But Joaquin Neiman to win. 
Yeah, they that online has him forty five hundred right now. Um, I think Joaquin Neiman to win is actually a half decent bet. Because yeah, I, don't, I don't hate that, it, and especially yeah. in a small field to to get anybody around that price, like forty five forty five to one to win a forty two man field, I think is pretty it's pretty tempting. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's gonna give you. I mean, we can we can talk about the putting being shaky. You know, whatever. But if we get a good week from him putting, I mean, he's elite when we're talking up to the 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 greens right from t to green we're talking about an elite player right almost right so i mean if he can if he can figure out putting in a small field those odds are pretty freaking good for him to win yeah for sure and again we're not we're not really in in the business of of predicting putting um who is i think i think you probably uh I think you could probably make a case that he could be closer to, you know, like Berger and Morikawa are, are 28 to one. Like does Morikawa really have that huge, almost twice as much win equity? I mean, I don't know. Morikawa has kind of played like garbage for, for most of the last couple months since he won the PGA. So yeah. um, I have a hard time. I have a hard time making that case. Uh, Webb Simpson at plus twenty five hundred, I think, is also worth mentioning. He's um, he's just always at the top of the power ranking. I think this week he uh, comes in fifth, I believe, right around eighty, um, an eighty power ranking score. So yeah, I think I think you could definitely um, play around a little bit with a couple of those, but like the outright market for. Uh, for these small fields, there's there's just so much um, being taken out, and like the top of the board is DJ Thomas and Rom, and they're all under plus nine hundred. Like there's just which you're not going to want to bet for a. I, I mean, I don't want to lay to win. You know, I wouldn't want to lay. You know, anything under ten to one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, <clears throat> realistically. The, um, the the simulator puts all three of those guys right around like plus ten hundred to eleven hundred in that range, um, all very close. So I I don't really feel like, you know, I'm not. I, I don't think picking uh, outright golfers for plus four fifty is the way to um, sustain things. No. I mean, at that point, at that point, the books should just offer like, what it, you know, either you know, DJ, DJ JT or John John Rom to win at certain odds, and then the field at certain odds. Well, interestingly enough, hmm. uh, Bet Online has DJ Rom Thomas and Bryson versus the field. Okay. Any any guesses uh, what they? What they make the field? I'd say at least twenty to one, right? Wait, what? At least twenty to one, right? No, the field. The field's favored. Oh, the field. uh, favored. The field. Oh, field is favored. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Let's say minus one fifty. They're the. They have the field for that at minus one sixty five. One sixty five. That's that seems. That seems pretty close. 
to, yeah. to, to value. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd pull the trigger on that. Yeah, like minus one fifty, uh, minus one fifty. I think would I would uh, I would definitely be very uh, minus one fifty. I think about it at that point because yeah, what minus one sixty five is like sixty percent, sixty two percent, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I'll 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 rerun uh, the the simulator later, and I'll tweet it out, and I'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a bet. What the combination is there? The yeah. other, the other field matchup that they offer, they Bet Online always does this. They have the PGA Tour expert picks wherever they get those from. I don't know if it's Golf Digest or whatever, um, but it's DJ Shoffley, JT, and Cantlay versus the field, and they have the field at minus two hundred five. So it's not terrible. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to run both of those and and see uh, see what we think because like you kind of always want to take the fields for most bets like there are very few there are very few situations where you're getting like two to five people against thirty five to forty people. Uh, where the two to five people have better odds, <laughs> like realistically, like there's so much that can go wrong. And we know that winning a golf, con- uh, golf tournament is, uh, not, it's not easy. And this is a very, uh, high variance event. So <clears throat> that's definitely interesting. Um, do we have any weather splits to think of? Not, not that I'm, cause I know Hawaii can get a little windy. Yeah, I mean there there's definitely let's see, I'm pulling it up now. There there's definitely going to be um like wind throughout. I don't really uh let's see, Thursday. It looks like may, maybe Thursday in the afternoon, but it's such a small field that there's not really like a huge split in tea times. There might not even be a split at all in tea times. They might all be going out at the <clears throat> at the same time so Just i don't shotgun really, start yeah i don't really think it's <laughs> i don't really think it's going to be something worth uh worth looking into unless you know unless the storm pops up um and everybody's playing all week and it's going to probably even out in the end anyway um so that's not yeah. definitely something we're going to have to worry about at some point during the year but i don't know if it's this week So, the last part of the show, excuse me, all right, last part of the show is going to be, uh, going to typically be our one and done picks, but one and done does not start until next week for the Sony, so. Yeah, I was going to say, this seems like a really bad, bad field for, a ballsy field for one and done. Yeah, just just burn one on, on, uh. Brian Gay or somebody in Colorado. Honestly, I would have picked Redsky. <laughs> yeah. I, I would no, probably go like, with Hughes. Yeah. I mean, how, when else are you going to use these guys? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe like the one week where you got to do a double one and done at, when you have like the British Open and. Yeah. Yeah. The Barbasol or whatever. Yeah. yeah I, look, I think we'll, we'll definitely talk about some one and done strategy stuff. And I might do, maybe I'll do like a quick, 
like 15 minute stream or something uh, about it at some point in the next few weeks. There's there's definitely a lot of schools of thought on one and done. Um, so maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll try to touch on that a little bit next week with our guest also. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, it's it's good to be back, Ev. I'm glad uh, glad that you moved into your big boy room. And well, for now. <laughs> the, the actual big boy room is going to be in a few weeks when we have the standing desk. Oh, man. It's got buttons on. You press a button, it moves up. You press another button, it moves down. It's beautiful. Are you going to be like running on like a, a mini treadmill while we, while we record or anything? Maybe. This is the way of the future. This is how, this is how Zoomers, these are how the Zoomers are, are, are oh working. Oh, my God. All right. We need to go home. Yeah. All right. It's, it's been fun, Ev. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show feed as well as Rotoviz Radio. You can find the show on both of those uh, channels on Apple, Spotify, whatever, Google, Stitcher, whatever you want to find it on, uh, you can find us. So uh, with that, uh, thanks for watching and listening. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And, of course, you can find Evan at echaney69. See you.